You're now listening to the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast. Welcome to episode 132 of the Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Podcast, brought to you by Garage Guys Fantasy Sports Patreon page. Go over to patreon.com slash garageguys today. Check out all of the DFS rankings and best bets you can handle. Super Bowl is coming up. Uh, Drew's going to have an article out for the big game between the Chiefs and the 49ers. So, uh, so he'll have a couple of takes. Uh, NASCAR season's quickly approaching. Rolex, uh, Rolex, for, uh, what I you know, 424, whatever. They race Carvettes and fast cars. I didn't even watch it, but uh, NASCAR, it's, it's an indicator that Daytona is well and alive and that NASCAR is about to return to Daytona and to the rest of the NASCAR circuit this year. Uh, so we will have DFS rankings, best bets, all the NASCAR content you can handle over on our Patreon page. And again, that's patreon.com slash garageguys. Drew, it's a, uh, it's a sad day in the sports world, um, and everyone listening here, I'm sure that uh, everyone's heard the news by now, but uh, we lost Kobe Bryant on Sunday, January 26th in a helicopter crash, and not only did he pass away, but uh, his 13-year-old daughter was on the helicopter with him as well, and uh, I think in total there were nine people that were on that helicopter, uh, and no one survived. Just a uh, very tragic death i don't think anybody could have ever seen that coming yeah definitely just something that you never could see coming and i know when you called me you probably could hear my voice how just disappointed i was and just sad and uh, i remember i was going to go to the gym and ended up just sitting around for two or three hours and watching highlights and trying to remember some of the good times but it just man i i don't remember anything like this in terms of someone i've not met and had a such an impact on me um this sunday so just a a shame and obviously thoughts and prayers out to Kobe's family. You know, I was watching some of the games today and, and, you know, just kind of seeing the video of uh, LeBron getting off the plane in LA crying and, you know, Kobe's last tweet, if we really want to get into kind of just talking about everything that kind of has transpired over the past, uh, you know, 24 hours on Sunday. And I believe that uh, it was to LeBron, I quote tweeted earlier today and he said, Continuing to move the game forward at King James. Much respect, my brother. Hashtag three three six four four. That's a hell of a of of a statement right there to leave LeBron James with. His last tweet that he will ever put out there was to LeBron. And um and I quote tweeted and I said, LeBron better bring home that championship now with this being Kobe's last tweet. And as much as I love the Pelicans, as much as I'm excited that Zion's back, man, you I think there's a part of everybody in America right now that wants to see the Lakers win and dedicate this season to Kobe. Yeah, definitely a piece of everybody, you know, no matter who you're rooting for is gonna be behind this narrative now. And it's just man, I I can't even process how, you know, he's forty, forty one years old and just really had become a new role model for a lot of these players when he exited the league. Not that he wasn't one in the league, but people were starting to see a new side of him that, um, you know, he was a very private guy while he was in the league. And from what I've heard and what I've read, he was really starting to open up and uh, just a shame. So 
Yeah, he was definitely becoming a role model. Um, I know they, they had a big meme a while back with him and his daughter. He was kind of going over a game plan with her, and that turned into a big thing on, like, Twitter and Instagram and stuff. And, you know, today, you know, that has went from a being a meme to something that is just, like, a, a, an all-time moment now that will live forever, you know, on the Internet and, and everyone's hearts that was a fan of Kobe, just him educating his 13-year-old on the game because, I mean, she was she was destined for, for – doing great things in the WNBA, you know, and just playing basketball herself. Like she was really big into that. And like, you could tell just how much joy Kobe had just spending time with her. And um, she's just, anytime a child passes away, man, it's just hard, especially, you know, me being a father and thinking about like, you know, you're on that helicopter and it's like, you have your child sitting by you and you know, in that moment, what's coming, you know, and, and there's nothing you can do to, to save your child and you're just going down. I couldn't even imagine just the, the emotion that had to be going through him before his, uh, his last moments, you know, today, it's just, I, I'm not one to like to dwell in sadness, but it's just, it's an eye opener, man. And it's been a huge eye opener for, uh, not, not only, um, you know, for, for maybe the, the family or the fans, but I mean, the, you look at other players around the league today, you know, you had Tyson Chandler breaking down just in tears. Uh, so many teams taking, you know, 24 second shot clock violations, Trey young, instead of wearing 11, he had the number eight on tonight, which was pretty epic. So Jay much Williams video went viral on ESPN talking about it. And um, also, like, a, I mean, I don't even know, a gut-wrenching one to watch is Doc Rivers talking about it. I mean, you can just feel these people's pain in a few words. You know, it's just – it's crazy. I think the saddest stuff that I've read today was from Shaq, man. Like, Shaq is not taking this well. And, I mean, obviously there's a lot of people not taking it well. But just from growing up, man, like, you know, I was never a big, big Kobe fan. I was always more of a Shaq fan. And um, just because, you know, he went to LSU, uh, said it on episode 131, talking about how I like the Orlando Magic because I thought their jerseys were awesome. And then, of course, when Shaq played for the Magic, it was so cool. And then getting to see him go to the Lakers and win those championships with Kobe. Um, I can remember one of my favorite uh, comedians back in the day. Um, he would always do the impre- – he did a lot of impressions. And uh, – he would do the the Shaq impression, you know, I told Kobe, he told Shaq, I'm big brother, he's little brother. Like, there was just so much stuff, you know, like, that's some of, like, the funny moments and the, the good moments, man, that, like, you remember about how, you know, the, the world, society saw them. So, I mean, it's, uh, they were just an, they were, they were an ultimate duo, man. They were a power team. Like I remember just looking at them and looking at Shaq mostly, you know, even though I wasn't watching much basketball, but, you know, playing, you know, like, um, what was it like NBA? Uh, it was before 2K, man. It was NBA Live. Live. Yeah, NBA Live and uh, NBA Street, and you could do yeah. all kinds of different things. So it was just, I don't know, I was more of a gamer, but having them players, you know, they were always the ones that were jacked up and how I always had close to 99s, you know. So you always wanted to play with those guys. But there, there was a guy on the, on the news who was – I think it was on Sports Center, and he was just basically saying, you know, if you got somebody you love, it's Jay you know, Williams. That's who I yeah, shouted out earlier. Jay. Well, you know, him being out there saying those kind of things, it wakes a lot of people up and shows people that there is, you know, so much going on that sometimes we forget to just take a moment to just let things go and 
be happy and all the you know, divide that is going on. It's not worth it when something like this happens. It, 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 it the, the crappy part is it takes something like this happening for people to realize it. But if there's anything, you know, we can take from it, it's what Jay Williams said, which is let the little stuff go. You know what I mean? Let that shit go. Yeah. So Straight it was up. a good message. Herb that was one of my favorite ones. Him. And then, uh, highly recommends just going to watch doc rivers. Um, definitely a sad one to watch God, man, just yeah. to see the impact. And I don't know if I've seen something, I kind of define, I know people say Kobe and Shaq, you have Kobe and Paul Gasol, uh, Lamar Odom's another one, but I kind of define Kobe as with Derek Fisher, um, who was with him for years as a, alongside him in the backcourt there. So I'm sure he'll have a video at some point. So just another person to, to check out. And so many people um, think about all the Olympic teams too. So he met all the other stars playing, playing Olympics and all the gold medals. And that's when he really got the respect of so many players when, you know, that's a, a time where a lot of people are, are there to have fun and also win a medal. But Kobe Bryant was still working like it was the regular season, you know, last one in the gym, first one in the gym. So it's just a – man, it's a tragedy. I don't have enough words really to describe how I'm feeling, but it's just a shame. The reach went all around the NBA. There, there was this one – you might know a little bit more about this backstory of this, but I saw uh, Kendrick Perkins – um, just to show like what happened, he says, uh, just wanted to tell you, I love you, my brother. And whatever I did to hurt you, I'm sorry, bro. And hope you forgive me. I love you, bro. Real talk. Kevin Durant. He tweeted that to Kevin Durant. Kevin hasn't responded yet. He hasn't been on Twitter in a day. Yeah. There was some beef over this because Perkins went into media after his career and had been obviously, I think said some things in the media, um, on those sports talk shows about Durant and about Durant's teams and, Eventually, Kevin Durant had heard a lot of it and said something back to him about averaging two points and one rebound for all these years or something. I don't know. It was just a stupid fight, and it went back and forth. Both both guys took shots at each other for a while. Um, I don't know the details, but that was that was um, Perkins' way of saying that he watched the Jay Williams video and was willing to, um, you know, just let that go. Some people said I saw some responses saying that why didn't you just text him. And then other people said, well, hey, him publicizing this actually shows an example for everyone to see. That's why he didn't. Yeah, it shows the power of like the moment and like Mm -hmm. how moments like this bring people together. Because, I mean, dude, this this would be like if uh, Tom Brady passed away, you know, or. Yeah, Tom Brady, it's crazy. Brady's older than him, but they're the same generation of athletes, the same category. And they're known too that those two have the same mentality. Yeah, so they had a lot of mutual respect for each other, and then you have you also had a good tweet, and it's something that I actually can relate to about the um, throwing something in a garbage can or throwing yeah. something. I just did that at work on Friday. I have a little, so I'm known as the guy at work that doesn't have any personal belongings at his desk. I just have like my monitors and my computer, and I'm but I have a little miniature basketball goal like hung up, and literally on Friday I grabbed my basketball and shot it and said Kobe. Yeah, that's dude. That's every. That's that's all day, every day. There's not. There's probably like, I mean, I'm sure I've not done it in a few times, but like normally, like if I've got something I'm throwing away, I can be alone, like by myself, and I'll just say Kobe, and my kid does it too. My four year old. I've raised my four year old to do it. Like when he when he takes shots, he says Kobe, and like, you know, when I was I was literally I, I rolled up at a restaurant and I was going to order my food and I ordered it 
And then I heard the girl that took my order. Like I went to walk away to go get my drink and she just said Kobe. And it just, it sent the chills down my freaking spine, dude. Like I was just, cause like this girl couldn't have been more than, you know, 17 years old, you know, like she, she was young and I was just like, damn, like his reach goes that far and you never really think about it. And it will, it'll live on too because of that. Yeah. It'll never stop. It'll never stop. So it's, it's awesome. And, um, just, yeah, again, it's just sad, but I'm, I I know that there's going to be a lot of good that comes out of this. And that's, that's the one thing that you got to look at is just the the positivity that can come out of moments like this. Cause everyone knows Kobe wouldn't have wanted anyone to quit. If anything, Kobe would have wanted everyone to work harder now, you know, and just keep rolling. And, and, you know, a lot of people were calling to cancel the games today. I don't think Kobe would have wanted games to be canceled. I think that Kobe would have wanted people to keep playing. Yeah, that's a tough one because um, I agree with you. I think Kobe would rather people keep playing, but obviously it's the you respect never know. factor. Yeah, the players, man, you don't know what they're going through. But obviously, if it's bad enough, they have the right to 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 not sit play. out. Yeah. yeah, to sit out. So I don't know. I mean, I think Adam Silver made the right call, and some people might think otherwise but at the end of the day let's not argue about something stupid like that and just let's put that energy towards him you know what i mean that's right that's right yeah the mamba mamba mama mentality and um i haven't seen anything from Kyrie irving yet um i don't know if he put anything out but i watched a video that uh kobe was talking about you know that one of his mentees like they they were asking him who's one of his favorite mentees and he was like I'd probably say I'm closest to Kyrie Irving. He was talking about how when the Cavs came back from that three to one deficit against Golden State, you know, that uh, he got a FaceTime call and uh, he's like, I hate FaceTime. Kobe was saying, I don't, I don't ever want to answer FaceTime calls. You know, I I barely want to pick them up when my family's doing them. I'd rather you just call me or text me. He was like, but it was Kyrie and I picked it up and he said that Kyrie was like in the locker room and like champagne was going everywhere. He was like, dude, he was like, it worked, man. Your advice worked. And he was like, I just want to thank you so much. And like, you could just see the smile on Kobe's face. And so I, I, I've yet to see anything from Kyrie. Um, and and I know that he Kyrie's probably going through a really tough time like everyone else. So I mean it's just uh I don't know. I'm just I'm ready to see the uh the the, <clears throat> the blessings that come from it because I know it's hard to see that and and right here in this moment that everybody's in. It's only been a day, you know, but uh good good's gonna come from it, one way or another. Especially somebody a figure like him. That's the way he would have wanted it. Um, I think that one thing we can, I can go ahead and say real quick is uh, you Trey young and Devin Booker on uh, on Sunday night, they each took 24 shots and they combined for 81 points. Really? So that's uh, That's very cool. Yeah. That it's the, the quote tweet was, if you don't think God is real after this, you're crazy. Like it's, it's it's insane, man. So yeah. I do have a favorite Kobe uh, moment. I don't know if you want to share one, but I have one ready. Yeah, I have one. I want to hear what you got. Cause like I said, I know that you were a lot, lot bigger into Kobe growing up and I definitely want to hear what you got. So everyone's like very familiar with the 81 point night that went down in history, but there was another game. And I'm, I'm sure that some people that are sports, big into sports are going to remember this, maybe not the exact time, but there was a Dallas Mavericks team that went to the finals back in like 2004, 2005. I'm kind of ballparking this. And that Mavericks team was great. They had Dirk and they had several other all-stars on their team. Uh, I think they had like 60 wins that year. And Kobe Bryant scored 62 points and he didn't even play a single second in the fourth quarter. And he was being guarded by just all kinds of different defenders. 
And it just wow. was an amazing performance. Everyone remembers the 81-point game. But to me, getting 62 against that team in three quarters is just as impressive. So that's my, that's my favorite Kobe moment. So I, I just wanted to highlight that one. That's, that's all-time shit. Yeah, I mean, he like you said, the 80, 81-point game was something that I have heard of. That was like one of the big moments everyone knew about. There were so many, too. But I'll say this, like me loosely following basketball over the years, um, you know, like I just – I grew up just kind of going to a couple of games here and there from New Orleans for the Pelicans or back when they were the Hornets. And, but um, I, I can say this, that I was in the Smoothie King Center on April the 8th of 2016. It was Kobe's last game in the Smoothie King Center. And uh, it was the year that I had season tickets. And I got to watch Kobe um, play for the last time in the in the New Orleans Smoothie King Center. So it was uh you remember he, if he did he score? Did he have a good did he have a good game? He he did. I, I I can remember that he did get some buckets because there was a lot of people like at the end of the game everybody stood up and they put him up on the board and everyone clapped for him and so I got to be a part of that, you know. And um I was there in the building that night. So I remember, you know, looking at it, the, all my tickets because you know obviously when you have season tickets you can't go to every game I mean you could but you know when you're working or you got other stuff going on you definitely put them up on the market you sell some but I remember specifically I was like I'm not selling these tickets I've got to be able to say that I got to see Kobe's last game in New Orleans so we went there I just remember standing up and everybody just applauding and like um, we uh, we definitely everyone showed that respect to Kobe just because of how legendary he was and um I don't know. It was just uh, it's cool, cool to be able to say that I was, uh, I was there. Yeah, was that's, all, that's that. awesome, man. But yeah, but RIP to Kobe Bryant and to his daughter, and just big prayers for the family um, and for all the families that were lost their lives in that helicopter crash today. Well, I'm sure there'll be a lot more come out about the story, and uh, I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna keep rolling and do the keep the Mamba mentality going. Just want to see ready, ready to see the positive uh, positive side of this. And everybody just remembering Kobe for the great that he was. It's just God, it's just hard to. You you think that this is a guy that's. I don't want to stay hung up on it for too much longer, but but you, it, it's hard to because you just want to sit here and just reminisce on it because like a guy, he's forty one years old. Dude had his whole life ahead of him, man. Yeah, and another cool thing that's already happened just to try to get some positives out. I, I saw Mark Cuban's already retiring, number twenty four. Yes, yes, yeah. So you're going to see a possibly league-wide number retiring. I don't know. I think it should happen. I think it should happen. Um, I'm ready to hear, like, some of the, the you know, the big legends. Like, I know we've already seen Kareem uh, Abdul-Jabbar. I saw him. He did a little video about Kobe. Ready to see what Michael Jordan has to say. I don't think he's came out with anything yet. But um, He had something out. I, just, I haven't read it yet. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to check it out. But – uh yeah, just if you have any uh, any awesome Kobe memories uh, for all the listeners out there, definitely tweet at GGFS Podcast. Let us know what your favorite Kobe memory was, and uh, we'll we'll retweet it, put it up on Garage Guys uh, Twitter page, um, and you can do that on um, on our Facebook page as well at uh, Garage Guys Fantasy Sports. Or so if you want to call in and give us a story, yeah. Nine two nine four three zero GGFS. Call us and tell us about your favorite Kobe moment, and uh, we'll put it up on the podcast uh, next. Uh, the next episode, episode one thirty three, we're gonna be previewing the Super Bowl, and uh, and we'll do a couple of voicemails as well. So yeah, nine two nine four three zero GGFS. Yeah, and that's open year round, so call for anything and everything, guys. 
Um, getting before we get into our uh, AFC win total predictions, I know we're, I'm pretty pumped about that. We did our NFC win totals on episode 131. If you haven't checked that out, go back and listen to episode 131 and listen to how we did what our record was. Um, I pretty much gave the rundown on that one tonight. Drew's going to be giving the rundown for the AFC. So I'm pretty excited because I have no idea what I picked. I cannot remember. I haven't went back and listened to the episode. Um, but Can we last- just skip this one, cancel it? Oh, so I'm taking it's not going to be that good then. It's going to be ugly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for both of us? Uh, no, mainly me. So you're going to be the victor tonight, but it's still oh, – neither, neither one of us are above 500. So. Damn, I wish you wouldn't have told me that. Now I already know I won. <laughs> you get to but, be excited though you get to make fun of me i do and plus i don't know what my pick was for each team i can't remember but i did this for you on last uh last episode and um it was fun for you to be able to guess and kind of see so i'm ready to do that too but um I, I wanted to say one thing about you know we i didn't really watch the pro bowl at all um but there was something that transpired back on friday um, about the uh, the skills, I think it was the skill one of the skill competitions, the throw-in. Um, Mar Jackson had like he only hit two targets in that competition, and people were losing their minds. People were talking about his dynasty value is going to drop now. We're not going to draft him in the first round. We're worried about him. Literally, people were make like people that are verified accounts on Twitter. Um, sports analysts um you know and then of course some people around the you know fantasy football twitter they were literally making these comments and i didn't say i didn't say shit about it because i'm just like i don't even want to entertain how idiotic this is um you know one of the guys that i actually listened to a lot back when i was a heavy listener to sirius xm fantasy sports radio was jeff manns and jeff actually was clowning on Lamar and talking about how this is not good for him for fantasy football next season. Like, like, come on. Like it it is literally the pro Bowl. These guys are here to have fun over the weekend. You're a very, uh, you know, I I would consider Jeff Manns a, a a pretty um, solid source of information when it comes to uh, fantasy sports and, um, you know, he does his little uh, fantasy football in the car getting coffee deal, the little rip off of the Netflix show with, uh, with Jerry Seinfeld. And, you know, a lot of people follow him. A lot of people listen to him. And you're out there saying stuff like this. And then he got cornered by a couple of, you know, uh, I guess you burner accounts or whatever, basically trashing him for making these comments. Like, did you not see what Lamar did this season? Are, you're literally judging his value for next year based off of a pro bowl skills competition and then jeff had to hit him back with the oh says the guy with seven followers since 2015 anyone listens to you you know they're they're gonna go really far it's like for you to take that low of a blow you you obviously have to realize you fucked up a little bit by what you said because that's like the for me i'm sure that there's been some point before i woke the fuck up in life that I've probably said that to somebody on my Twitter, but you know, looking at it now where I'm at the past few years where my mind's been, that's just such like shitty thing to say about somebody. I don't know. But especially when you have that garbage of a take that you would not draft somebody, they lose draft value because they didn't hit skills competition. Yeah. 
I just don't, I choose not to listen to it. You don't even want to entertain it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I do, I've had, I've had some respect for him for a while. I just don't know what he said exactly, but you got to wonder if that take is really for attention or if it's really his take. I don't know. Maybe he was just really high and, <laughs> you know, I'm sure, I'm sure he likes to smoke a lot of weed. Maybe he was just like really stoned and he was just like, I'm just going to say this because this is how I feel right now. And he wasn't thinking it through. I'd like to believe that maybe, but then the whole thing about him clowning on somebody for how many followers they had, I think that was pretty garbage, especially when that person was making pretty logical sense. I think he got the MVP for the pro bowl for the AFC. I think the AFC won today. I think it was 38 to 38 to 33 AFC wins the pro bowl. So congrats to the AFC did not watch that game, but, uh, congratulations again and um and good job for vacationing playing some some foosball with your friends yeah i can say i definitely didn't watch it but there was way more scoring than past years i know the the trend had been that the point total had gone under so it looks like it finally was a shootout so maybe the people that watched it were entertained yeah just one positive note i tried to watch it last year and um i got about to halftime and i was like i can't do this anymore this is trash all right without further ado I'm going to let Drew take over now. AFC win total predictions for the 2019 NFL season. Drew, the floor is yours. All right. We'll start with the AFC East. We have the New York Jets with a 2019 win total of seven and a half. Do you want to predict what you were over under? I will go ahead and say I was definitely over. We both were over, and the 2019 actual win total was seven, so we weren't close. We're, we lost by a half game. Oof. Yeah, this, uh, th- this team I had a lot more high hopes for just because of Adam Gase, Le'Veon Bell mainly. It just did not work. They just played some ugly football, seeing a lot of ghosts. I had such high hopes for this Jets team. And I, thought, I thought that this team was going to be a potential wild card. I really – I can't say that I was disappointed because I don't feel like that there was many people that were too far away from what we thought would happen. Yeah, just to add some context to what was said here because I just listened to this. I have two takes. First, I had to double take because I thought there was no way they won seven games. Did you think that's crazy? I, I would have guessed yeah, like I five thought, games. I thought that they won like five or six, honestly, so that's nuts. Yeah, so we were only off by half game. And then the other – takeaway from this was I did say that one of the Jets or Bills would break out and be a wild card team. So that was that was accurate. We just were wrong on the Jets. So that was yes. my two takeaways. Damn. Uh Patriots, eleven and a half. And surprisingly go ahead. <laughs> I no, I already know where this is going. I want you to go ahead. Surprisingly you took the over and I took the under and the twenty nineteen actual win total was twelve. So it was a half a game over and you were the successful one with my team and I was the loser. So you get to rub this in. This is, I think the only one that I knew about. I was in Nashville with you and I remember we were getting ready to, uh, to watch the football. And I said, I, I want to go listen to some of these older episodes so we can get some data. And I started, but I never finished because we ended up getting into the game and leaving the apartment. But um, the first one that I think that I heard when I was skipping through it all was the Patriots. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, how do you take the under on your own team? that you love so much. I was like, this is the Patriots. It's Belichick. Like, look at their schedule. Like, it's going to be cake. Like, they, they're definitely going over. They're going to go back. It's just you don't sleep on that. You know what I mean? And uh, so, for you to take the under on that, I was really shocked. But, yeah, that's uh, – I don't even see how you can take the under on your own team, man. That's nuts. 
It blows my mind. That just, that just proves to everybody out there that I'm not, you know, I'm not You're a You're not really person. a Patriot. You're not really a Patriots fan. No, I'm not That's a biased person. And the, the worst part about it is I said, they're going to win 10 games, but they're going to go to the Super Bowl. So it was like a double whammy, like knocked me down twice. Yeah. It was like, first of all, I didn't, I didn't get the regular season right. The reason but, that the reason that this, it all makes sense now. So you said that they were going to go. See, I didn't get that far. So you said that they were going to go to the Super Bowl with 10 wins. This is what happened. You got punished by uh, the spirit of, of Robert Kraft, even though he's still alive. He's still there. And uh, you got punished by the spirit of Drew Bledsoe and everyone else because they were like, guys, can you believe that Drew took the under on us? And it's like, holy crap. And then Mike Vrabel got wind of it, and he was like, we're going to whoop the shit out of them in the playoffs just because after they get the over and chase wins. And so that's what happened here. I'm connecting all the dots. It all adds up now. Yeah. It all makes this, sense. This the team that you live point. in the town of beat them. So that's what you get for not believing in your own team. I will always take the over on the Saints. I don't care if it's fucking 13. I'll take it. You know why? Because it's okay to have bias for your own football team, and you're supposed to. You're supposed to love it and bleed the colors. So if anything has been learned here, I hope you've learned your lesson and you will always take the over on your I football. definitely have not learned a lesson. So – Oof. Well, I'm you're continue not turning to, all your Patriots gear then. Turn no, in. that's nothing to do with my, my fandom. I'm just able to separate the two when it comes down to these predictions. But well, you, look at you, Mr. This is, low, this is a low point though for me because trust me, the whole the results speak for the results speak for themselves. You're damn these, right they do. <laughs> for these for these over under. So uh you get to rub it in all episode. I'll take my L. Yeah. Shame on you. All right, this next one you're really going to enjoy. Dolphins over under four and a half. And you were the crazy boy that said they're going to go over, and you got it by a half game. So you've nailed two of these three by a half game. I took the under. So I'm 0 and 3, and you're 2 and 3. Uh, do you want to talk about the Dolphins a little bit? Yeah, dude, it's the Fitz Magic effect, dude. Like, I, dude, for them to have uh, it set at four and a half. You would be crazy not to take the over on that. Like, like they got Fitz Magic. How do you not believe? Like, obviously, okay, we knew like, one less game, man. It can't, I, I can't get it. Be crazy. I get it. Game, Go ahead. I, I get it. But what I'm saying is, is like, you know, when Fitz Magic comes to the team, what we saw with him in Tampa, you automatically knew that you were going to get that again in Miami. At least I did. And like, but I didn't see him. Shout out to the clock. Shout out to the clock. Um, I didn't see him going long longer than he did in Tampa with how good he was. I thought that he was going to fall off. So Fitzpatrick surprised me. This Dolphins team surprised me, especially when they beat the Patriots in Foxborough. That was a huge shocker. I did not see that coming. I wouldn't have been able to predict that in a million years. Um, and that was the difference it, maker. It really was. Yeah, so like that was – you know, the thing that changed it. But I thought that they would have gotten a couple more wins early on in the season. Um, but uh, it's, it's news to me. And I would have literally thought when you first said there, I, I literally automatically thought that I didn't get it. And um, so now I'm just finding out that I did. So incredible. Believer in the Fitz magic, baby. Yeah, and one thing I'll add to this really quickly is we kind of, specifically you bashed, the Dolphins receivers talking about Devonte Parker and me and you just kind of were talking about the Dolphins just had a terrible roster and sometimes we're wrong. I mean, Devonte Parker was one of the breakout players this season. So 
shout out to to Devontae Parker and um, Preston Williams, right? So yeah, you can't, there. I was about to say, you cannot forget about Preston Williams. I hate that he got injured. If he wouldn't have got injured, they may have had one more win on there. He's going to be – he's definitely somebody to watch out for in, uh, in Dynasty Leagues too. I just want to go ahead and drop that now. So if you're listening to this, I know a lot of you guys are getting ready for startups. Um, I myself am uh, preparing for one that I'm in, the uh, Fantasy Twitter Dynasty League. Are you in any Dynasty Leagues, Drew? I've never gotten to the whole dynasty thing. I mean, I'm kind of interested, but the thing about those leagues, you got to find people that are going to give it hundred percent all the time, long-term people. And it's tough because there's so many orphan teams out there. I'm considering starting a garage guys dynasty league. And, but it would only be for the serious listeners and for the people that are true and true to the show and that aren't going to bail out. So it can be tough to find them, but if you are interested in a dynasty league and you're a hardcore listener to this show, I want you to hit us up on Twitter at GGFS podcast. Let us know that you're definitely interested and um, we will definitely put you on the list to see if we're going to make this happen because I definitely want to get into a dynasty league uh, with, uh, with this year, another one on top of the other one that I have. And obviously it sounds like you, uh, you're ready to rock and roll too. Yeah. I just want to make sure we have a good group of people because it's really it can happen really, really, really quickly where the league gets very lopsided. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, so. we need we need serious boys and girls only. So serious inquiries only, guys. At GGFS podcast, let us know if you want to do a dynasty league. But uh, but yeah, Preston Williams loved everything he was doing up until the point where he got injured. But yeah, Devonte Parker um, did not see that one coming, and uh, Fitzmagic made him better, obviously. So we'll see it's what transpires. Yeah, safe to say things are looking up for the Dolphins, and we're. I mean, as much crap people were giving Brian Flores, I mean, he's really done a great job there so far in just one year. So, shout out to Brian Flores. Shit, things are looking up for the AFC East in general, man. That, that whole division, a lot of young talent um, is coming up. The Patriots getting ready to kind of get into their back burn time, uh, it seems like. But we, we never really know. Bill Belichick could do some crazy shit going into the next season, turn everything around. All right, who we got left? We got the Bills, right? We got the Bills, uh, seven and a half. Do you want to give your prediction or guess what you predicted? I'm going to say I took the under. You did, and this was the first win for me in this division, the only win for me. I took the over. Obviously, everyone knows the Bills went to the playoffs. They had ten wins. Their over-under was seven and a half. I viewed them and the Jets the same, and I think you were a little bit more towards the Jets. Right. That's really all I have to say. Yeah, I, I don't think that I was a huge believer in the receiving core because I just felt like they didn't have enough talent around them. But, man, was I wrong. Uh, you know, we did give a shout-out to John Brown. Yeah, John Brown was maybe like the only guy, but he I was still really iffy about him. Cole Beasley was kind of a toss-up for me as well. But, damn, Cole did the damn thing. So, cool to see what they've got going on. Uh, sorry for not believing in you, Buffalo. I love the, the Bills Mafia, the fan base. Yeah, that's not like you now thinking back. I mean, I've gotten to know you a lot the past six months. I'm surprised just at a sheer fact of Josh Allen and the Bills Mafia that you didn't go over. I wasn't a believer in it, but I am now. So, like I said, uh, things are looking up for the AFC East. So, uh, good job to all four teams this season, except for for the Jets. Except for the Jets. Adam Gase fucked it up. Good job, Adam. Shifting in to um, another team that you'll be excited to talk about, the Tennessee Titans with a win total of seven and a half. And they obviously won nine games. 
and we both were under boys, so we both lost. Oof, I was not a believer in the Titans in the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I did not think that they had what it took. Even before Tannehill took over, I thought that Tannehill was not going to have anything. I did not like the Titans. So that literally goes to show you how quickly things can change for a person. I literally became a hardcore bandwagon fan of the Titans this season. I became a Titans believer this season. I got to witness the team firsthand um, with my own eyes. Almost didn't happen, but I drugged Drew to the stadium, and, uh, and we did it. We got in there. I told Drew I'm not leaving here without getting inside that stadium. What's did. funny is it was the Johnny jersey that you were going to look for, and when we got there, we were like, we have to go in. Yeah, yeah. I was, uh, but my whole plan the entire time, it was some really good uh, – it was like Cruel Intentions, the movie. And we're like, you know, I had like a whole manipulation scheme planned out. I was going to get you to walk that far. And then I was going to try to go look for the jersey. And I'm like, well, we're already here. So might as well go in. And it worked. So It was fun times. It was. It was. It, I enjoyed the shit out of it. But, yeah, I went there looking for the Janu. I just got my Janu jersey in. Shout out to Janu Smith for uh, retweeting my tweet to him. Um, so he said, mad love. So I feel like the entire season – and all of my Janu love and energy that I've given this season has been validated now. And so I'm really looking forward to uh, having brunch with him on multiple occasions next season. <laughs> um, it's going to be really great. It's just I saw this. When I saw this, when I saw this, I was like, this just made Chase's day. I was imagining the facial expression you were making when you like saw that he tweeted you. It was more of like it wasn't like a fanboy like scream. It was more of just like a like a, a a soft smile and like a head nod. I was just like, "Damn right!" I was like, "Thanks, Johnny." I was like, "I appreciate that." That's so funny. And, uh, so yeah, it was really cool. But uh, yeah, I hate that I took the under on him, man. But but God, Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, or, or as I like to call him, Tommy Tannehill, Henry Hustle, and as Larry, our boy Larry on Twitter says. Janu, hands from God, Smith. That's what we call. It's just your boy. We're changing it to your boy, Larry. Yeah, he's, he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't really talk to you. Yeah. Yeah. Like Larry's. Is, he's there for emotional support. He's there as a as a fan, as a loyal Garage Fam listener. Everyone that listens to this show should aspire to be more like Larry. We I don't know, him. man. I'm starting to think there might be something else going on there. So. There might know. be a little bit more than fandom going on from Larry for you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to meet Larry. Me and Larry are gonna, <laughs> gonna link up. We're gonna we're gonna he, me. It's gonna be me, Larry, and Johnu at brunch. And obviously, Larry hasn't tweeted you, so you're not gonna be able to come. But I'll take plenty of pictures. Yeah, just make sure you tell Larry to state his intentions about me at least. Go ahead. I'm, and gonna, just... I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet Larry and be like, Hey, Larry, do you know that I co-host the show with with Drew? You should follow him. What if he doesn't <laughs> listen? What if he just is strictly a Twitter follower of yours and keeps up with your takes there? Well, I mean, I have helped him win his league two years in a row now, so he probably has a little bit of loyalty on my end. So maybe, maybe he just hasn't gotten to the betting side yet, and once he listens to your stuff that you have on the best bets, he'll, he'll be like, damn, I love both these guys as one. There so, you go. Yeah. I think he put out the plan. All right, I'm going to tweet Larry. I'm going to make sure he follows you. All right, moving on. This was one of my big takes, and it kind of got messed up with some injuries, but actually ended up being a good thing because me and you are huge Gardner Minshew fans. Yes. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars over under seven and a half. You were a winner with the under, and I was a loser with the over. They ended up winning six football games. Yeah. Yeah, so you were a huge Nick Foles boy. 
I remember that much. Um, If I'm not mistaken, you had a lot of love about Nick Foles, and I was not feeling it whatsoever, if I'm right. I I vaguely Eh, remember this conversation. Yours wasn't really a – mine wasn't really like a huge take on Foles, and yours wasn't a huge knock against Foles. It was more just like a – I think he might have knocked the receivers. It just was like a talent thing. I I think me and you were pretty in the middle on Foles. They didn't have it, and, like, I think that I was, like, really concerned about uh, Leonard Fournette and, you know, all his injuries that he's had. Yeah, I just – I didn't think it was going to be a good year for them at all. And, um, you know, especially with Nick Foles going out in the first game. And then, you know, but when Gardner Minshew took over, like, I literally forgot about anything that I said about them as far as taking it over the under. I was just mesmerized by this guy. That it's the perfect like, example of you, honestly. Yeah, yeah. He's actually out traveling the country right now in an RV. I don't know if you've been following him on Instagram, but he got him an RV and he's been like just going all around the USA doing hunting trips and all kinds of just, you know, Brandon, Mississippi boy shit just all around the USA. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, Just out there living life and killing it. Shout out Gardner Minshew. I just had to give that to him. But, yeah, this uh, – I'm not surprised I took the under. I just did not think that they were going to be able to amount to anything. They're just – they're not ready yet. They, they've got a little bit of uh, growth to do. And I, I think that they, they'll be ready in about maybe two more seasons. I think that yeah, the big miss on my part here was their defense just is a train wreck. And I guess we were considering Jalen Ramsey and, you know, obviously he got traded, so that was an impact. But overall, this team's just not quite there yet. So, I'm with you maybe a year or two more, and then we'll see some – some things turn around, but they're going to have a big decision coming up, you know, with, with yeah. Fournette. His, his rookie deal's coming up soon, and he's injury prone, and he's a running back, but he's obviously super talented. So I think his deal might have, what, one more year left, and then he'll be a free agent. So Yeah, yeah, we got about one more year on him. So it's going to be, going to be, going to be uh, interesting times for sure. Definitely. Moving on, we have the – Indianapolis Colts and this is one I wanted to talk to you about because we have it listed as 10 but didn't we go back and retract it because we did it went to seven um I this is one I remember specifically because when I listened to the NFC uh when uh total predictions episode we talked about it before we even got into the NFC I think it was seven and a half is what it went okay yeah yeah so verified fact checked it was seven and a half uh, it was on oddshark.com so yes seven and a half was the uh the win total prediction and that was after luck retired okay so our original bet stands then and you were on the under and i was on the over and my thoughts were the roster was solid i really liked what we saw uh, with the Colts the previous year. So I don't really complain or I don't really take this one back just because the Colts probably had some of the worst luck this season. Uh, no pun intended. There. Yeah. <laughs> Caught but, it. You know, Adam Vinatieri, you know how frustrated I was. He cost us, you know, the subscribers and us probably three, three or four different games this year early in the season. So really an unfortunate year for the Colts, but props to you. Another, another win for you. I'll take it, baby. Yeah, I just, I mean, after that happened, I mean, I just, I didn't have um, all that faith, man. I just, I felt like, if if I remember correctly, like, you know, you get something like that, it's a tough blow, tough mental blow. I mean, obviously, you got to rise above it. We, you know, we saw some, some good things, you know, come out of, come out of the league. I mean, Marlon Mack, you know, he had a little bit of uh, injury towards the ass end of the season. I think that affected maybe a couple of games, but really just the, 
the energy in total, man. I don't know. Like when, when things like that happen, it just kind of throws you for a loop. So that's why I just, I went, I thought it was a safe bet to say they'd take, they'd be under seven and a half. Yeah. A lot of our conversation was around the tight ends. You, you were not a fan of Doyle coming back and I Mm -hmm. was a fan. So I don't really know how we can grade that. I think Doyle had a really good year and, and Ebron's going to be gone next year. So he's, he's a free agent and they basically already said that he's going to be on a new team. So they're moving forward with Doyle, but, one thing that was interesting is you were wanting them to stay with the traditional offense and have Doyle as a backup. And I was wanting them to use a a double tight end package. So that's just some of the conversation we had. Right. I mean, how, and I want to go ahead and just kind of forward a little bit, just, um, you know, way too early, you know, predictions. What do you see with Jacoby Brissett going into 2020? I mean, obviously he's going to be their franchise QB at this point. I don't think that they're going to make a change there, but you know, with, I, it really, I don't think that unless I, unless I said differently, I don't think that I had a lot of issue with Jacoby Brissett. I don't think that he was nowhere near Andrew Luck's caliber. You know, yeah, maybe I think he'll, I think he'll get that chance to be the guy again. There's some, there's different conflicting reports out there on how much they believe in him. Some people are saying they're going to go either draft a QB or they're going to go in free agency and get a QB. There's also reports that he was playing hurt at the last fourth of the season. Well, we did see and, some Hoyer. Yeah, and he sat out a few games. We just saw a huge dip in his numbers and his play the last four or five games. So I'll leave that up to to speculation, and I'm not going to say one way or the other, but I still believe in him. So I think he's going to get the shot. But just don't be surprised if they either bring somebody in, and if they come out the gate 0-4 and or 1-3, and then it could easily go the other way. Moving on, let's see. Who do we have left? We have the Texans. Going down to Texas. All the Texans. And this was one that there was a lot of conversation between me and you about this feeling like a trap because it seemed like it was too easy. The over-under was set at eight games. Both me and you went over and obviously went on to win ten games. So this one was pretty straightforward. I think me and you really were just saying, hey, it's Deshaun Watson. This division is a little is kind of a weird division, so maybe that's why it was eight. But overall, we just thought it was a really weird line and we took advantage of it. You think that it's an easy thing because, like, obviously going into the season, I automatically said this is going to be the team that's going to take the AFC South. And they did. It always feels like now since Deshaun's there, they're that team that can do that. Now they got to worry about the Titans. I feel like that's that, you know, the next team that's going to be the new powerhouse in the AFC South. But um, I feel like if we see a change at coach, we see a huge change for Houston. The, The butthole chin. Um, of Bill O'Brien has got everyone hypnotized in the front office and he's just going to be there until he's just like an old decrepit man. Yeah, it seems like he can't lose his job. So, yeah. And it's going to be, I, I guess it's hard to fire somebody when they had that run. But to me, with what he's done as the GM and the coach, and now they're kind of, you're kind of wondering what's next for them because JJ Watt's getting older. They moved, they moved Clowney. Um, yeah, I don't really know if they're, built, if they're built to last, man. Honestly, so they're kind of missing the Sean Watson's window. The Titans, I I will go ahead and put it on record. Titans will win the AFC South next season. And you know, the uh, Titans, they have Tannehill and Henry as free agents. So they got to either pay up or they're going to have to franchise tag one of them. Just throwing that out there. That that's their money makers, bro. And they're gonna have a lot of bandwagon fans coming into next season. I can go ahead and guarantee. I mean, shit, they got me on board. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they they're gonna they're gonna have Nashville's gonna have a big market, man. There's gonna be a lot of a lot of kids looking up to Henry. Um I, I don't think they lose Henry. 
Um, and I think the Tannehill has kind of found a home as long as he can come in and keep, keep up the level of play that he had this past season. And that's obviously from the coach, not to try to get too deep into the Titans again, but you know, well, from what we saw, it looks like him and Vrabel and that offense work well together. So I'm hoping to see that same, uh, same thing transpire for 2020 and we get some more consistency out of Tannehill. For sure. Should be interesting off season for those guys moving on to the LA Chargers, and this was one I was very surprised listening back to. Um, the over-under was set at 10. If you remember, they were coming off a very successful 2018. They brought basically their full roster back, except for we had the Melvin Gordon drama, but me and you had a lot of faith in Austin Eckler, who had a great year. We both went over on 10 wins, mm. and they finished the season with six wins. Mm. Just a really, really, really poor year for the Chargers. I feel like everything that went wrong – went wrong it felt like every time they were in a close game they were losing and then you're I'll, I'll give you the floor here because I know you were always one to say that they, they just, they're just not an entertaining team to watch and that you never yeah. really watch them play I can't believe that I took the over I must have just been like so unsure that I just was like I'm just gonna say whatever says. <laughs> like because like dude like yeah I, I I would never have expected I would have taken the over thinking back to it now because I just I'm not that big of a believer in that team and um you know especially with the Melvin Gordon news uh I don't even know if the Melvin the Melvin Gordon news was out when we did that episode it was it was dude that's even worse well we both were we both were talking about how how we were on Eckler actually so I don't think that was a bad take. Eckler had a – I think Eckler's a better back Eckler, than Melvin Gordon. So. Yeah, they, they definitely have their, their starter there. But, yeah, man, I don't know. Like, the, the, the one thing I like about the Chargers, obviously, I love Hunter Henry. And um, Oh, yeah, you definitely talked about him. Mm-hmm, big Hunter Henry guy. And I love their color rush uniforms with the royal blue. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's really the only two things that, that excite me at all about the Chargers. And because that they're just literally – electricity is on their helmet which is a cool thing. So I would love to see that team get more entertaining because they definitely have the, uh, the team name and the, uh, the, the atmosphere for it. So they're, they're getting ready to go into their new stadium. Uh, they're getting ready to have a new quarterback. I, I definitely think we're going to see a change in energy for the Chargers in 2020. So excited for that. R- Rivers has already moved to Tampa Bay. Um, he's getting ready to, to probably go kick it with Bruce Arians. Maybe. Who knows? Could be. You know that that's the number one. The odds market has um, obviously the Patriots are the heavy favorite, but the number two team listed for Tom Brady's future is the is the Chargers. Yeah, that would be incredible to see, and I would love to watch Tom Brady and Hunter Henry go the fuck off. That would be cool. I didn't really think about Hunter Henry and him, but man, yeah, he dude, Tom Brady with a good tight end. It's 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 gonna be like it's gonna be like uh, Brady Gronk times all over again. And, yeah, uh, I think he's Keenan Allen. Picture, so. Yeah, I do too. But I mean, I, I you can't see him not. Drew Brees going back into the NFC. Don't want to trail too far, but he actually came out and said that he wouldn't play anywhere but New Orleans. So you just kind of feel like quarterbacks like Brees and Brady are gonna gonna kind of stay where the legacy's been. They don't really want to fuck that up. And I, I just as much as we we talked about Tom Brady going somewhere, like I mean, I know I've made the take that like he wants to prove that he is the system. And things like that. The more you think about it, the more you're just like, does he really want to fuck up his legacy like that? I, I can't see it. Yeah, if he does do it, it's gonna be it's gonna make for some electric storylines. I'll say that there'll be a no, lot of people no want intended. to watch it. 
<laughs> Chargers. <laughs> yeah, and then the the next while we're on the topic, the other team that's kind of in the mix that I saw was the the Raiders. They were listed there towards the top two. It was like the Patriots were minus four hundred to, to retain him, and then it was the Chargers and the Raiders. Dude, I feel like okay. I'll go ahead and say what you have to say about our Raiders picks, and then I got some stuff that I a comment I'd like to make about Brady and the Raiders. So the Raiders, you want me to go to the win totals? Is yeah, that right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so the over under was set at six. Me and you both went under, and they they got seven wins. So we both were wrong. Wow. Yeah, and we we basically talked to like our our comments were that the roster was in bad shape. There was a lot of drama with Antonio Brown. We thought that this team has some potential maybe in the future, but right now we just don't see it happening. That kind of was our joint. We, we agreed on that, which yeah, I'm not did. surprised. I don't take that back. Yeah, no, I don't either. I mean, that's, that was really like, you know, the, the takes we made were the takes we made at the time. And looking at it now, I just – I can't even believe that they did that, what they did. I thought yeah. that they would have definitely hit the under. They were fortunate to win seven games. I think if mm-hmm. it was played back again, they would win five games. So – a lot of that goes back to that one. I feel like it all it all happened because of that one fluke game against the Chargers that they had where, like, the Chargers just shit the bed. For sure. The Raiders defense was going crazy. There is one thing I will say. The Raiders defense was a little bit better. Um, they're, they're, they're making a little bit more strides to get better. But what I'll say about Tom Brady, you know, obviously they're leaving Oakland. They're the Las Vegas Raiders now. Big market. But how – horrible would it be because of the tuck rule if Brady went and played for the Raiders good point I didn't even think about that <laughs> like, like dude I don't even know they how would forgive him real quick yeah, yeah you would have to but like man if I was a Raiders fan like somebody we need to ask about this is uh is Tommy Moe from the two-on-one fantasy uh football podcast he's a diehard Raiders fan we need to get his take on um on how he would feel about Brady coming in and I think that he would be he's our he's our Raiders fan judge of character so we just all his takes are just all of the Raiders takes in my head because I don't have go. many Raiders fans that are friends of mine but yeah, that would be a. It would be something to see. Definitely good for the market if he went to uh to Las Vegas with John Gruden. I'd love to just hear some mic'd up clips with between John Gruden and Tom. Gruden would love it, even if he had like a terrible season. Gruden would just love. I feel like he would. Brady could do no wrong in his eyes. Yeah, no, he would worship the ground he walked on. He'd be like Wayne's World. We're not worthy. We suck. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Okay, let's see. We are on to the Chiefs, and this is one we agreed on. It was over-under set at 10.5. They ended up winning 12 games. They're in the Super Bowl. We both went over. I don't know how much analysis we need here. Just Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, yeah. You're covering it. Yeah. (laughs) Good job. We did it. (laughs) I think we'll be be covering them more in depth uh, next episode. There we are. Yep. There you go. I'm going to move on to the Broncos to finish out this division, and – you will not be surprised on this because we had one of our biggest and earliest debates when I was still a guest, I think, or yeah, when I still was a guest before I officially joined the podcast was on the Broncos and Bengals over under was set at seven games and they finished with seven games. So we both pushed, but I was on the under, you were on the over, you were a big believer in Flacco. I was not a big believer in Flacco. This is another one of those um, teams I looked at and saw they won seven games and I couldn't believe my eyes. So AFC was full of like miracles this season, honestly. For sure. 
you know, like thinking back to like the Broncos season, like, you know, it sucks. Like obviously Drew Locke's there now. Uh, he's definitely getting the starting gig next season. Um, they're going to keep trying to develop around him. He, he definitely had some good games. We saw some, some bad things, but a lot more good things, I would say. Um, so it's, it's exciting times for a Broncos fan. But uh, Noah Font, you know, he uh, – there was one game I remember watching where he just his, – his hands were bricks. And then he, like, the next game, like, he just, like, chiseled them out. And, like, then they just developed. And he had these hands that were just beautiful. And, like, he, he had some flashes of greatness. I honestly, looking back now, between him and uh, TJ Hawkinson, uh, it, I did not I – th- I thought that TJ would have more of the season that Noah Font had but Font actually is the one that stepped up. So um, he was one of the guys that, that I was kind of excited to watch. I didn't really know how everything was going to transpire, but I thought that Flacco being, you know, the, the guy that he is, loving the, uh, the tight end position, I thought that that was going to really break him out. And I remember that being one of my big takes in the beginning of the season. So even though it wasn't Flacco really doing the work with him, Noah Font still got there. So I feel like uh, even though we pushed, small victory there. Yeah, things definitely looking up for him. And the Broncos, you got to be a little bit encouraged. I really don't know what happens with Flacco from here, though. I mean, does he just go kind of disappear in a backup role? Is that what, what happens? Yeah, um, he might stick around to help Locke a little bit. I don't know how much Locke wants to listen. But um, I, was, I was really sold on, you know, Flacco just having a change of team. And um, it turned out that it's not the case. The, uh, the eliteness that has been built around him um, has not really transpired. So, yeah, I think the only shot he has if he got on a team where he did get another starting gig, it, it would have to be a team with a top five offensive line because he just he struggles with any sort of pressure. So he's got to have just all day to throw. And if he gets that perfect scenario, he maybe can still be effective. So I'm not completely throwing the towel in, but just not a fan of his game, honestly. I think that we're about to see a very big surge of just teams saying, you know what, fuck it. We drafted these quarterbacks. It's their time. Because we're, we're seeing the new era of the NFL, all these new players being ushered in, the, the, the old legends or whatever you want to call them, they're, they're making their way out. It's just time for a full league cycle, man. And, and I think that um, these coaches would – it would be in their best interest for some of these guys to – to let their guys that are drafting young take over the reins because they're they're even though they're having some games where they're not that great, we're still seeing a lot better play because of this new style of quarterback that's that's around nowadays in uh in the in the twenty twenties and the twenty nineteens, whatever you want to call it. We're just uh I think it's time for the new era to to truly begin all over the league because we're seeing the just great things coming from uh from so many teams that are doing it. Definitely. I'm excited about the, the, the next class of QBs. I will say that just because of the sports fan I am, a football fan I am, I will – it would be great to see Breeze, Brady, and Roethlisberger all have a good year next year. So I'm still rooting for those guys, but you're right. It's time to kind of turn the page. And there's no reason why you can't root for both. As long as we're getting good play, you know, like I want good fantasy play, good just in general football. So I'm, I'm rooting for all these guys, but everybody's going to be looking for the next Lamar Jackson now. Yep. <laughs> All right. So moving to our last division here. We got the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The over-under was set at nine, and me and you both went over. They finished with eight wins, so we almost were at a push. The Steelers, 
obviously um, probably were faced with some of the, the biggest injury issues in the league. A lot of our conversation was around Juju and James Conner and Mike Tomlin and all these guys having a chip on their shoulder and ultimately just fell a little short, but Mike Tomlin got more praise than any coach that won eight games. So that's oh my kind of says that. God. Yeah. <laughs> and, and another player too, that has been completely forgotten. I'm going to bring up a name. It's going to just chill you to your core. I was so high on Dante Moncrief going into this season with this team. I thought that Moncrief was going to be the guy that this was going to be his year. Cause like, you know, you see some of these receivers that have been in the league for a few years and they don't really do a whole lot, but then they had like that one year where they're like four years in where they just like go the fuck off. And I thought that that was, that this was going to be the time that Moncrief did it. Of course the, the Roethlisberger injury screwed a lot of that up, but uh, dude, we got to see Deontay Johnson, a uh, kid, rookie wide receiver, come out. Everybody was all talking about James Washington. Nobody was saying nothing about Deontay Johnson. And I love Deontay Johnson now. Um, and he, for him to do what he did, I mean, he was – I feel like he was a little more successful with uh, with, with Mason Rudolph, um, which I can't stand that guy still. But uh, – and then, you know, Duck Hodges, you know, he had a few games with Duck where he did good. And um, so I'm really, really eager – to uh to to look into Deontay Johnson, I wish I could get a hold of him in a dynasty league, uh, but unfortunately I don't have him. Uh, but if we do a startup, he might be a guy that I'm after. So just keep that's that a tricky out. one. That's a tricky one for sure. Just because I know one thing, I was one of our big disagreements was I was more on the the Washington side of that instead of the Moncrief. And Washington still he every game that Johnson didn't do well, it seemed like Washington was doing well. So yes. they have two good projects there. They just gotta make like who's gonna be the one that steps up. I think Johnson has a little bit more upside, but there's no reason they can't have three receivers work out with Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, it would be it's gonna be fun to watch uh with, with Big Ben coming in next season. But that's that's the big question now is like I don't think that uh I mean, I don't, I don't, obviously I don't want him to keep Mason Rudolph. I want him off that team. I love duck duck is marketable. Um, and with a little bit more, uh, work under Ben and learning from Ben, I think that duck could be better and that duck could be the one to take over that starting role. Um, whenever Ben does leave. Um, but, uh, that's just my take on that. So don't, uh, don't, don't hold me to it too tight, but <laughs> I just want to see duck mask all over. Uh, Heinz Stadium, honestly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going to work out there, to be honest. Both guys struggled once teams had film on them. So both both Rudolph and Duck struggled after a few games. But yeah. that's that doesn't mean that one of them can't work out with more time, like right. you said. So. Well, we can't we can't be mad at ourselves for 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 picking what we picked. We we did not see this amount of injury coming. And um, going going to, into one thing you always talk about, you never make picks or choose DFS players based off of injury. And nope. uh, this is a prime example of that. So you, we you know I'm I'm still happy with what I took, even though we lost some money on it. Don't really care. Still proud of the pick that uh, that we both took on that one. For sure. Well said there. Rolling into the Browns, we have one of the biggest disappointments <laughs> of the season. We both talked about this on the podcast saying, hey, this feels like a trap. Um, we can't deny the talent and the over of nine just seems too easy. And we both fell for it. And we both said we had our concerns, especially me. I had a lot of concerns about the Browns and 
you and me agreed to take the over. They finished with six wins, and we all kind of know the the fallout that has happened since that. We got a new head coach. We got a bunch of change. We don't know what's going to happen with Odell Beckham, but I'll give you the the floor here. We took the bait. Is all I can say about it. You know, when when you think about this team, as much as I want to see the Browns be successful. We have to remember at the end of the day, until we see otherwise, they are still the Browns. And they will continue to be the Browns. We got so clouded by Odell Beckham, David Njoku, um, Jarvis. Jarvis Landry, you know, Nick Chubb, Baker Mayfield. That's the big one. I was so high on Mayfield going into the season, and you were not. So kudos to you. But, you know, I got so clouded by the, the really just Odell Beckham thinking that, you know, you, you watch the preseason stuff and you're watching them play and, and all the film and the of practices where Baker's connecting with Odell Beckham and you just get into all the awe and the hype of it. And you forget this is the Cleveland Browns. They have a standard. And no matter who you put on that team, they are still the Browns. So – I'm not going to go crazy going into next season. I'll probably, depending on what their uh, over-under set at, you know, maybe if it's at like six, I'll probably take the over next year. But never yeah, again. I'm calling. It's going to be eight. It's going to be eight. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It depends on what happens. We don't know what's going to happen with their personnel. But you don't. If they keep it back, they run it back the way it is, they'll probably have a win total of eight. So I don't like I don't like where they're headed having a freaking guy that works for Goldman Sachs as their coach pretty much. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yeah, dude, this guy I watched his press conference talking called the team. Um, I want to say he he didn't even he doesn't sound like a football guy. He doesn't dress like a football guy. He doesn't look like a football guy. He just is like this dude that wears a suit and calls the team a project. He's like, you know, the project is gonna. It's like who the fuck does that? Who hires somebody? Like this. This dude belongs in the office running Excel sheets, running them down to the field. He's the kid from the movie Little Giants, the blonde headed kid that ran all the plays. You remember that the annexation of Puerto Rico? The reason I know all this is because I literally just watched the Little Giants yesterday <laughs> with my kid. Oh, uh, lucky um, you. Yeah, he was uh my kid loved it by the way. He loves the little giants. Nice. He just wants to watch it all the time. But yeah, he was the kid the little blonde nerd kid that ran all the plays and did all the stats like that. That's who this guy. Yeah, a lot of hatred for this guy. I don't like him. Mm -mm, not after watching that one clip of him talking about the statistics and shit. It's just like, put a fucking visor on. Do you hate me? a windbreaker? No, I love you. You're different. You're not a coach though. <laughs> if you were a coach, like, but you don't need, but dude, you, you don't dress like that either. Like, you know, you're like, you're just, but it was a, so what did you have a problem with? Was it his vocabulary or was the it his way clothes? I had a problem with this looked like a guy that was either the team owner or a dude that worked in the office. He did not look like a coach. Somebody's got to get this motherfucker a windbreaker and a visor like pronto. You get this man a windbreaker and a visor and I'll think about it. I'll think about it until that, then. Well, I don't I'm, want nothing to do with him. Now I'm rooting for a breakout season for the Browns just so I can go back and listen to this. Uh, mm -hmm. but he it was a very similar so let's give him a little bit of props he did he did well with Dobbin Cook and that that offense for Minnesota but I'm not feeling too good about the hire it seems very similar to Freddie Kitchens honestly so I'm, I'm with you I just I want to wait and see a little bit more they about to do some Billy Bean money ball shit that's what's about to happen it's all analytics you think 
Uh huh. That's all it's going to be. I mean, if it works, great job. I don't give a fuck. Put on a windbreaker and a visor and then do it. And I'll be okay with it. You just got to look the part, man. Just look the fucking part. That's he's no Kyle Shanahan. No, he's not. He's, oh, God. Don't even compare. You can't even compare those two guys. I want, I want more Shanahan's. More Shanahan's. More Shanahan's. Less Stefanski's. Mm-hmm. I want a guy that looks like my, my ideal coach, getting off topic for a minute, is a guy is, that looks like Rob Ryan, that has the <laughs> mind, that has the mind of, of, uh, of Bill Belichick and the, uh, and the, the vocabulary and just the swag. Rob, Rob Ryan with Bill Belichick's brain. That's what I want everywhere. I want that. It's not too much to ask for, is it? It's not. It really isn't. Just very good. Very, very simple. Very good. I don't know what my ideal coach looks like. I think it looks, honestly, just because I'm biased. Well, we, we, we'd said I'm not biased because I didn't take the overall. Yeah, you're not, you're not a bias at all. You're, I just want to mesh Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, and Kyle Shanahan to one. So whatever that means, that's, not, that's the ideal coach for me. I'm going to like do a rough sketch with my pen right yeah, here. Send that over to me. All right, I will. I'm drawing it while you, while you go into the next AFC North team. I forgot what we were doing, so we're doing win totals. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm saving this one. I'm going to skip this one and do it last. All right, Cincinnati Bengals over under five and a half. This, our entire conversation was based on our Andy Dalton versus Joe Flacco uh, bet. So I took the over just because I felt like I had to. And you took the under just because you didn't really believe in the Bengals, rightfully so. I think we both were bashing this roster, and I just basically said I'm all in on the Bengals because of the Flacco-Dalton conversation. I don't if know. it was five and a half set next year and they had Joe Burrow, would, you, would that be enough for you to go over? Or what do you want to see? The God, yes. Dude, I knew you were going to say that. With Burrow coming in, like I, I'm a lot more excited about the Bengals coming in to, to 2020. If Burrow goes in, for one, I just hope to God that Zach Taylor does not ruin this kid. But I will say this, just from what the expectation is of Burrow, we're going to see a lot of action for Joe Mixon. And I think that uh, – and I, here I go again. I do this every fucking season. I think that this is going to be the year, if Joe Burrow's under center, that Joe Mixon has fantastic year. We saw him coming up in the ass end of the season, and I think that he's going to be able to finally have that year, that big breakout year, where he truly will deserve to be drafted in the late first round. Definitely agree. With your take there, if there's a season that he's going to do it, it's got to be next season. I, I would like to see them invest in their defense and their offensive line, protect those guys, protect Burrow, Joe Mixon. But we saw some some flash out of Joe Mixon there at the end of the season. So maybe he can, between getting Burrow and carrying that momentum over, I don't think anybody really argues his talent. He's one of the top five to ten talents at running back. So it's just a matter of getting the right season and – the right system and I think Burrow will definitely be a, a game changer for him. Do you want to go out on a limb and say where Andy Dalton ends up? Um Dalton it, it's a tough one because obviously, you know, we got people are still flirting with the idea of Chicago. I think Trubisky stays at this point. I just have I haven't heard a lot of flack and, and rumors about it. Um I could see Dalton possibly going somewhere like uh Maybe as a backup with the Broncos. Yeah, that put a little pressure on uh, Locke, but 
You're right. Yeah. There's not many teams out there that you can really – I mean, he's not going to be somebody that people are taking over a Teddy Bridgewater in free agency, right? So You're right, exactly. There, there's no way he could go to Tampa Bay. Um, Bruce Arians probably hates his guts. He, Bruce Arians uses real guns. He doesn't fuck with Red Rider BB guns. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think that maybe the Broncos – but I don't know. He's not tall enough, is he? I don't know, man. It's <laughs> weird, though, because if you look at his numbers over all these years, he's good enough to be a starter, which is – crazy to say the window is not closed for him like it has closed for for Flacco he's still younger he's got opportunity I just I don't know where he lands as a starter honestly so yeah he will be a backup I think he will be a backup if anything all right so the last one this is one I almost want to just take out of the podcast and not bring it up the Baltimore Ravens (gasps) were set at an over under of eight we both went under and it was 14 wins for the Ravens. We all know the juggernaut they were. But the reason I say I wanted to delete it or remove it, it was based on the conversation. Basically, by the time you announced Baltimore Ravens, to me, I was already saying under before you finished your sentence. And I was saying it in a really loud voice. So I was already taking my shot, basically saying that I thought this team was kind of a mess and I wasn't really a believer in Lamar Jackson. And then you took it and you ran with it and said – Basically, at one point in time, you were a Lamar Jackson fan and you were upset that the Saints did not draft him and that at this point in time, you were so thankful that they had not drafted him. So all around, just terrible takes by both me and you. I'm not going to like individually say it was one of us had better takes than the other. It was just a complete, you know, me and you are always ones to say when we're wrong. And I think we can just agree that we were wrong. Yeah, we fucked up real bad. We're sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry personally. Yeah, I just I I didn't think that they were gonna do what they did, uh, and that's all I can say. There's really nothing else that I can say about it. Like Lamar showed the fuck up, and he showed up big, big, big. He had a Mahomes style coming out party, but just in a completely. It was like it was like Tom Brady and Michael Vick merged into one. And that's what happened. Yeah. Do you think we'll see that again from next year? Are you going to say basically until proven otherwise, we think he's going to be what he was this season. Is that your approach? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I I think that, that he's going to keep bringing this level of energy, Um, you know, and especially now, hopefully since he's uh, getting all this fucking shit, from Jeff Manns and all these other people about the Pro Bowl. I hope he's just, like, laughing it out. He's already promoting clubs. So, I mean, that's something cool. He's already out here. He's a club boy. He's a club boy. Um, He's doing some crazy shit. I mean, he's just different, man. He's fucking different, and I love it. And I think that we're going to continue to see him shine. And that's not going anywhere. Mahomes, Jackson, um, you know, coming next season, Burrow. I have no doubts with Burrow. Um, Justin Abair is another one that's coming in. Tua, um, I think that th- that that's going to be the guys that are going. Did you say I got to back you up, Justin Herbert? Justin, I, I like to call him Justin Abair. Uh, Bobby Abair, shout out to the old Saints guy. Well, that and also when I first saw his name a couple years ago, I just thought it was Abair, and so I've just You're always called with him. It? Yeah, because in Louisiana, if you see that name, you just, you think Abair. That's true. Soft R's. That's yeah. true. Well, that's the um, that's the AFC win totals, man. I was I embarrassed myself with a record of three and twelve, 
and oh one bush. Oh, my God. It was brutal, and you were seven and eight and one. So, I still had a losing record, but. Yeah, it was, it was, I think we can agree. I mean, even some of these ones that you got right or I got right, we barely got it by like a half a game. And it was just a really weird AFC year. Just looking from top to bottom, like the Raiders going over. Um, there was just a lot of things that happened that me and you, you just, we would not have predicted. I don't think many people would have predicted. Just an odd year. For, for a guy that has just embarked on his journey in, in the sports betting, my luck, my luck is incredible. And I'm a big believer in my luck. And I'm but this is as basic to, as it gets, right? It, it is. It is very basic. But I'm looking forward to turning my luck into skill going into 2020 now that we're here. And that's coming. And you can get all of it by going to patreon.com slash garage guys. NASCAR's coming up. I'm ready to rock and roll, especially coming off of this win, this big dub that I've had for 2019, Drew. And um, this would have never happened if you would have bet the over on the Patriots. So remember that. <laughs> That's true. I'm going to hear about that one for a while. That's going to go down in the history books, right? Big, so. oh, dude, big long time. Big truss, as Lamar says. And we still have our um, hot takes episode or anything that we have on record. It could be something as simple as a player's performance or just the outcome of a game or something really, really outside the box. But we have one more recap episode at some point. I don't know if we're going to split that up into two, but one more piece of um, – I guess, information for the, for the season. And it's going to be, that's going to be all of our hot takes where we're finalizing the sheet. So that's going to be one that you're probably going to blow me out of the water on. I hope so. I need to. to You'll get to do your victory dance. Cause I'm thinking back, like I said, on last, uh, last week's episode on episode 131. um, I can remember a lot of shit that I said that did not happen. So I'm ready to hear it all and uh, get a very vivid picture painted of all the things that I said this past season it's gonna be fun stay tuned episode 133 is just on the horizon showcasing the super bowl between the chiefs and the 49ers super bowl 54 in miami we're gonna tell you everything you need to know things to look forward to some of our takes that we're gonna have for the game super pumped gonna be fun i can't believe the super bowl's here it is dude we're here football's almost over getting ready to roll into nascar as you can tell i'm excited about racing again me too. I can't um, wait for gotta, that first race, Daytona. God, it's going to be fun. going to be in Daytona. First time in Daytona at the race. going to be fun to cover it. Can't wait. Before we wrap up the show, I uh, just want to go ahead one, one last time. RIP Kobe Bryant and Legacy is going to keep living on through the NBA. And so to close out tonight's show, I'm going to be playing uh, Little Wayne's Kobe Bryant. If you have never heard it, it's on YouTube. You can look it up. So that's going to be the song that we, uh, we leave out with. So stay tuned, listen to the whole song. I'll let it run out. And uh, you guys have a kick-ass week. And get ready for this bowl. It's coming up. Drew, any last words? I just echo your same sentiments, RIP Kobe. It's uh, been a sad day. But like you said, let's remember the good times and, and do it for Kobe 2020. That's it. All right, I'm about to send you this picture of your three coaches combined. And, uh, yeah, sports. Party. Repeat. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. Simple as playing. That's why I play the game. But to be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. He's the best player in the game.
It's just that simple. There's nothing that Kobe Bryant can't do. He will defend your best player. He will shoot from the perimeter. He will get all in your mark. He will do whatever it takes. He is the most complete basketball player in the game today, bar none. He has an assassin's mentality. I said this week, I said this when the trade went down, and I'll repeat it again. Who's starving more for an NBA World Championship more than Kobe Bryant? There is no one. This guy is highly
overwhelming answer was Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant.